Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's 8.32 here on this Thursday evening. It's JJ. John Jastrzemski. We're right here on the fan and joining the show He's a Radio.com NBA insider, the legend, Brian Scalabrini. And insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights that sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Scal, it's JJ. What's happening, brother? How you doing, man? Yeah, um, interesting day in New York with this whole trade thing. I'm... uh... I, th- I definitely think it's must-see TV when you talk about the NBA. You ain't kidding, man. And listen, my phones were buzzing yesterday. They are still buzzing today. And we know, Stal, these rumors have been out there now for the last couple weeks involving James Harden, involving the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you found out that Brooklyn pulled the trigger and made this move? Well, first of all, what they give up, right? And I know that, like, the things changed when Spencer Dinwiddie got hurt. So I thought they had, like, a pretty good thing going. But um, Kevin Durant is playing at an all-time level. Kyrie Irving is, like, no one can find him, right? So it does make sense to uh, to give Kevin Durant a little bit of help. I wonder right away, uh, is Kyrie Irving going to be in another deal moving forward? Is he, like, kind of the odd man out? We have a guy, and, and you have to, it's hard to ignore. We have a guy that didn't enjoy playing with LeBron James, wanted to get out, didn't enjoy, let's not up in Boston. I think Boston is a great place to play. I uh, didn't enjoy that and playing with, you know, these young superstars coming up with Tatum and Brown. And then now, um, he, at this point in time, with, I guess, his best friend back, I'm not sure he's enjoyed playing with Kevin Durant because he's, not out there playing. And I get it. He, you know, the guy's going through some stuff right now, but you would think that basketball and playing with a guy like Kevin Durant would be a reprieve for whatever you're going through right now. So uh, obviously it becomes really interesting looking at this dynamic with Kyrie Irving. No doubt. And Scout, here's my biggest problem with this trade. Listen, they're a sexier team. No doubt. You got Harden. If Irving comes back, you got him in the fold. Durant looks like he hasn't missed a beat coming off the torn Achilles. But their biggest weaknesses to me have been playing defense and rebounding the basketball. They just say goodbye to their best interior presence in Jared Allen. They've given Mm -hmm. up all these draft picks. They've given up all these pick swaps. I know guys get bought out. Maybe you could bring in a guy or two over the course of this year. But as far as making the Nets a more viable championship contender, 
Scal, I'm not buying that this trade enhanced those odds. I, I really don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you at this point. But what I do look at is the Kyrie Irving $36 million trade piece, right? It's one of those things where he's a star. I recognize him being a star. But do you really need another on-ball magician when you have Durant no. and James Harden? That's no. what I think. I think you need to build your roster up with hard-nosed stuff, kind of like guys you traded, to be honest with you. you got to load your and, – and, and from what we're hearing right now, Houston wanted nothing to do with with uh, Kyrie Irving. So, so when you look at it, it is like they could – can they ship off Kyrie Irving and replace what they lost? Can they get a Jared Allen – Karis LeVert type of guy out there. Now, if they did, like, uh, just asking you straight up, and I think you, you would probably be in the same boat as I, if they shipped off Kyrie Irving and got James Harden, I would, I would pencil in the Nets as a oh, I love this trade. Contender. To me, it'd be a no-brainer. An absolute no-brainer. No Here's the problem, though, Scal. You know this. You saw Kyrie's antics up in Boston a couple of years ago. After now he can't make it work and he's not happy and he's not reporting to play basketball in Brooklyn, what NBA team would actually want to take this guy? I mean, who would go and take that sort of risk with the amount of money he's making? I, I got I got one for you, and I'd love to hear what you have to say. Sure. Um, you, obviously, you know Toronto is struggling right now. They are. Would you take Would you take a Kyle Lowry for a Kyrie Irving? A oh, I would make note. that trade tomorrow if I'm Brooklyn. Yeah. So tomorrow, I wouldn't think twice because Kyle Lowry yeah. actually likes to play basketball. I know what a concept, Brian. What a concept! Actually showing up to work. I know about you, Scal. I don't think I could pull the stunt Kyrie Irving did for a week and, and expect yeah. to be on the air. I don't think you would have been able to pull that with New Jersey and Boston. I wonder what Doc Rivers would have said if you went MIA for a week and a half. I'm sure that would have went yeah. over well. I mean, it is, I mean, listen, I'm not Kyrie Irving. I don't know what he has going on, but I do know it's, it's a great life. And I, I tell you what, I, I, the one thing I missed the most when I retired was, you know, hanging out with, in the locker room and being around. And, and by the way, some of these guys are, are unbelievable to be around. Like for me to be around Garnett and Pierce and, and when I was in New Jersey, be around Jason Kidd. Like I learn stuff every day from those guys that I still like, like uh, that, that are applicable in my life today. So I wouldn't want to be MIA and, and miss that. And I, and I would, I would have thought, like personally, I need to be around the game. I need to be around that. If I was going through some tough stuff, but my point is, it's probably going to be easier to upgrade than, than we think, unless unless other teams are thinking what you and I are thinking, which is like, man, I wouldn't touch this guy no matter what. Which I don't know, man. I I, I really thought. Like James Harden's value is plummeting when you watch his performance and all that stuff, but they still got like Houston still got four right to swaps and four first round picks and Victor Oladipo for him. So that's a pretty good haul for a guy who really didn't want to be there. Our dude Brian Scalabrini, Radio.com, NBA Insider, Scal and Pals. He's doing great work doing all the TV stuff for the Boston Celtics. Now, Scal, you were a part of the team up in Boston where they formed the big three. And guys had to make enormous sacrifice. You saw that with Pierce, Garnett, and of course with Ray Allen. I think about Miami and the sacrifice that Chris Bosh made with his game. I think about the Warriors and the sacrifice that Steph and Klay Thompson had to make bringing in Kevin Durant. Assuming no trades coming, and this is going to be what Brooklyn is running out there. It's Durant, it's Harden, it's Kyrie. Who's the guy that you're looking at? Assuming this is the group... And this is the team. Who's got to make the biggest sacrifice, in your opinion? I mean, I think it's a no-brainer question. It has to be Kyrie because 
you look at the way Kevin Durant's been playing right now, he's playing at an all-time level. The question is just, is Kyrie going to like those, you know, two for six performances where he's standing on the corner, in the corner, waiting to get the ball. And um, when Kevin Durant is going off, when James Harden is going off, like those guys individually can carry a team by themselves. You add one to the mix, fine. They both, they both can take, all right, I'll take a little bit of step back. Or if I'm not feeling it, I know I got this guy. Like, I don't, I, I, the, the fit, it just doesn't fit. It's a, it's three on ball players. And I don't, I don't, I think that's too much. So, like I said, I mean, you, you, if this thing doesn't, and, and you, did you listen to the, the remarks that Sean Marks made coming out? He's like, Hey, this roster is far from complete. We're disappointed in Kyrie at this point. Then he also said a few things like, we're going to try to, you know, like these guys are willing to make the sacrifices. So I only believe half of that. I, I, I think. Sean Marks is going to shop Kyrie. I, I, I can't imagine him thinking, I'm going to give – I have James Harden and Kevin Durant on my team, and I'm not going to explore the option of going out there and trying to fill a, a role player, a couple role players, two or three guys that will fit in better with those two guys. So I, I'm assuming that this roster is far from complete, but if they did – if it did stay this way, obviously they have the talent to, to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think they they – that they would lose. You know, Scal, I think about chemistry standpoints. And, you know, for this Brooklyn team, getting James Harden not only back in shape, but getting that chemistry to where it needs to be. You know, thankfully he has a little of it playing with Kevin Durant back in the day with the Oklahoma City Thunder, even though his game is just drastically different from where it was at that point in time. When you were around those Celtic teams, were you amazed? Because, you know, that first year, Brian, it's like, Garnett, Pierce, Allen had been playing together for like 10 years. I mean, they won a boatload of games in a regular season. I remember being up in Syracuse, and I was telling all my Celtic buddies, it's going to take you a year. It's going to take them some time. They win the championship right out of the gate. I mean, how come some guys can form that chemistry almost instantaneously? And then in other instances, it takes much longer to try to figure out. Why is that the case? I think... um... When you, when you look back to that team, we were very committed on the defensive end. You can make an argument that we were one of the greatest defensive teams to ever play. If you look at the stats, we were number, number one in four category, four to five top categories that you could, you know, really evaluate defense on. So even if our offense wasn't flowing, which when people talk about the word chemistry, I think they're mostly talking about the offensive side of the ball, not necessarily defensively. So for whatever reason, we were locked in defensively right from the start. And offensively, we just figured out a way to do it. We weren't a great offensive team to start. We became a great offensive team later. And so I think that, I think it looked like, and you look at the record, we were 29 and three to start that year. You look at the record and you think, man, these guys right out the jump, they were, they were great. Um, they had great chemistry. Well, we had great defensive chemistry right off the jump. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that. Kevin Durant, even though he's been great on defensive end this year, I think James Harden and Kyrie Irving are not going to have great defensive chemistry off the off the off the jump. So those guys are going to have to figure it out on the offensive end, and that's and that took time. It took time for us to figure that out. You know, it took time for Ray Allen, who was the man in Seattle, and Kevin and Kevin Garnett, who was the man in, in Minnesota, to 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 get accustomed to where where am I going to pick my spots when it, when when I hit a shot? Do I back it up with another one do i do i you know toss up that heat check when i have it going or do i continue to move the ball and and make sacrifices for one another so 
I just think it, our, the chemistry, the quote-unquote chemistry, was hidden a lot by us being such a great defensive team with Garnett behind us, Kendrick Perkins behind us, Ronda was a ball hawk. So it all kind of worked out on the defensive end first. You know, Scal, your team specifically, Garnett commands such a presence. But that was Pierce's team. You know, he is the lifelong Boston Celtic. Was there mm-hmm. ever, like, that kind of conflict in the locker room, like looking at guys saying, oh, is this Pierce's team? Is this Garnett's team? Or was it kind of one of those things where it's like, we're winning. Who really cares? That's basically all that matters. So Garnett was an unbelievable leader. Like, Garnett, everything he did, it changed. I, I was with Pierce the year before. And Pierce is phenomenal as a competitor. But when Garnett walks into the room, the room changes, the bus changes, the plane changes, the weight room changes, the practice floor changes, before the game it changes. He commands such a a level of professionalism that he became that guy that people gravitated towards. But Pierce was the guy that you knew was going to be, like he was going to get us through those games. So we had like a few things going. Like Garnett is the, the utmost leader of the team. And Pierce is what we, what I would consider like the, the, the utmost gamer. He, you know, he was going to be ready, prepared, ready to compete with the best of them, whether it's LeBron at the time, you know, D Wade or whoever, who, whoever's coming in front of him. Pierce was ready for that. Kobe Bryant in, in 08 and 2010, they, they were always going to be ready for that moment. But Garnett allowed Pierce just to focus on that, where Garnett focused on everything. Garnett was concerned with, you know, the film guy, the 15th man, like he, he took everybody under his wing. Pierce was focused on just being a killer out there. And, and, and who do I have to destroy today? So, you know, in a sense, it worked perfectly because both those guys embraced that role. Pierce was, was just wanted to go out there and hoop. He didn't want to worry about that other stuff. Garnett would worry about that other stuff. And, and he, and he kind of embraced that role. He loved it talking to the young guys like Leon Poe or Big Baby, taking them under under his wing and, and trying to get those guys to be the best version of themselves. Like that was Garnett's is how he's that's how he's wired. So is that by design? Probably not. I think more than anything, it was uh it just it wasn't Danny didn't go out there. Danny went out there to get talent, but that just happened to be a benefit of, of why we were so good because of, you know, Kevin Garnett. Scout, you see him in Uncut Gems? I did. I actually He was awesome. Wasn't he awesome? Uh, I mean, I, did exactly. you ever think that Kevin Garnett would translate to the big screen? Badass, yeah. Diamond District. It was incredible. So I had a, I, I, I did the um, – in Boston, we had a, a showing before it came out, and I got a chance to interview Garnett, uh, Sandler, and the Safi brothers. And um, during that interview, I asked the same exact question that you're asking. Like, like that is, what you saw from Garnett is exactly who he is. He wasn't really acting. He was told to act like Kevin Garnett, and he wasn't – it wasn't, he wasn't pretending. He wasn't acting like Kevin Garnett. He was Kevin Garnett. And that's the same look that he gave him, the same intensity that you saw was exactly how he was during games and, and his intensity as a player before the games. Brian Scalabrini, former Net, former Celtic, Radio.com. He joins us here on The Fan. All right, Scal, I tell you point blank, the Nets win a championship as a result of making this trade. Is it worth it? I think it's a no-brainer, yes. They've never won. You guys came close with Kidd and Kenyon and RJ and had a great run. But to me, it's a no-brainer. Even with all the draft picks, yeah, even with all yeah. the swaps, they win one, it's a success. Um, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. But the question is just uh, – <laughs> that's not the question. The question is, is Kyrie Irving 
hoisting a trophy at the end of the year? That's the question. And, I don't, and it sure I don't seems like you're trying to will them off this Brooklyn team, and I think a whole lot of Brooklyn Nets fans would agree with you on that. Just throwing that out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm, 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 I think it, it became even more must-see TV because you got to – it's like you, you, don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, as much as I love watching Durant play, I do. I, I, I think he's been fantastic. You never know what's going to happen with this team day in and day out. With James Harden, with Durant, are you going to get bad body language? Did they get rid of like two of their most consistent players in LeBert and Allen? How much that affects if DeAndre Jordan have enough in the tank? So it's just like to me, there's a lot of question marks around them, and, but and it's because of the expectations now at the level where they're at. Scout, what's been your take three, four weeks into the year from what we've seen out of Tom Thibodeau's New York Knicks? They play hard. They got off to a nice start. They've fallen on hard times. But I think two things are just glaringly obvious. They can't shoot the ball, and they have no point guard play. And in the NBA, yeah, you just I mean, can't win games this way. You know, you need point guard yeah. play. You need shooting, bro. You do. You've you got to have shooting. There's, there's no way around it. You have to have shooting. But um, I think ultimately, and I've, I've noticed this everywhere I go, right? I traveled, I guess, before this pandemic. I've traveled to every arena. All people want is you to be better than what they expected and for you to play hard and to have some pride when you're out there playing. I think fans could, like, embrace that. And so far, the Knicks check that box. You're right. They don't have the shooting. And, and maybe they get to that point. But it's been a joy watching. I didn't think Julius Randle could pass the ball like this. I've been, I love watching him play. I thought Alfred Payton, when he had the crazy hair, was like, what are you doing? Why are you such a distraction? He's been good at times. So it's all about just playing hard. And, and exceeding expectations and giving people a show when they turn on, uh, turn on the game. So, so far they've checked that box. I just want to make sure that those guys stay with that consistent mindset, even though it is going to be tough to win without the shooting or the point guard play. Scout, the reputation for Coach Tibbs is that, you know, he's a guy who works his guys. And I know there were some complaints in Minnesota about guys playing too much. To me, that's a bunch of nonsense. These are, you know, 23, 24-year-old kids, many of them. I want that culture. I want them busting their butt. I know Nick fans aren't going to complain about the minutes. Is that something that you'd be alarmed about looking at Coach Tibbs, or is that totally overblown? I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't care about the minutes. I'm not one of those guys that that get all caught up on 38 to 40. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys. But um, I, and I always told him this. Like you know, Tibbs is my boy, and I would go into his office and and we would have conversations all the time. And I told him. You know, I think you can coach anybody and you can win games in the regular season. So I, my point was, and I'm not saying he's riding guys too much or not, and it's all about combinations, but I think that he could probably take, you know, the fifth through the tenth man on that team and they can figure out a way to win. I know with our Bulls team, like it didn't matter. Think about this. We had, and I told him our first year and our second year, Derek Rose missed 30 of the 66 games in that short uh, lockout shortened season. And I, and I, and and we won. We, we had the best record in the NBA. Or I think we had the best record in the Eastern Conference because we were always prepared. We always executed. We always did things right. So you can win games with whoever. I just I never understood why he, uh, why he didn't reach out and trust like that 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th man. And I wasn't even that guy. But I would see like Kurt Thomas. Sorry about that. I would see Kurt Thomas get opportunities and he'll play well and then other nights he'll get DMPs. I just I feel like he's too good of a coach to not, you know, play those other guys. But I'm not concerned with minutes. I just think, like I said, you, you should have everybody out there 
chomping at the bit to stay out there, not guys on the bench sour and some guys out there playing too many minutes. Scal, you spend a lot of time around the Boston Celtics. And listen, I love Jason Tatum, one of my favorite young players to watch in the league. Jalen Brown has turned into a star. And the Celtics are well coached. They're going to win a bunch of games this year. I know they're dealing with the COVID stuff right now. Um, But is your sense, as currently constructed, they're going to roll with the team they got? Or do you think between now and whenever the NBA trade deadline is, Boston is going to look to add another piece? I'm not touching Tatum. I'm not touching Brown. I want those guys here. I want them winning. But where do you think the Boston Celtics potentially look to improve their roster? So I think two things will happen. So Kimball Walker will get back, and he'll be, and mark my words, he'll be one of the best per minute guys in the NBA when he comes back. I think he'll be a 23 to 25 minute a game guy, especially in the regular season to kind of protect that knee and, and, and make sure he's good for the playoffs. But I think when he's out there, he's going to get a lot of touches and he's going to be going to work. So that's going to happen. That's one part of it, which would be good for Brown and Tatum to have, you know, a guy that's just like out there, I mean, playing all out, but for shorter periods of time, versus playing like 32, 33 minutes and, and, you know, kind of milking your minutes. And then they do have that $20 million, uh, $27 million trade exception. Um, so I, I do think they'll make a move for a guy. I think this Brooklyn trade is going to – it's kind of a kick in the pants for a lot of people in the Eastern Conference, for the, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76 Fishers, the Boston Celtics. All of them have to look at it. Like, you have the two best offensive players of our generation on the same team. And Kevin Durant, if you were hopeful – and wishing that he wasn't going to come back and be the, like the man that he is. He is maybe he's even better than he was, you know, two years ago. So I think, and, and a lot of these teams are competing for a championship with the Miami in there as well. So I think a lot of people are going to make moves. I think the Celtics will end up making a move with that trade exception. But I think they're with you. They're not touching Brown and Tatum. Scout, final one, and I appreciate the time. Your guy watches a whole lot of NBA basketball. We'll take the Celtics out of it for a minute because you watch them way too much. Who is the one guy that, like, Brian Scalabrini, sitting down on the couch, you know, maybe having a meal, maybe having a cocktail, who is the guy that you love watching night in and night out consistently? Is there one guy in the league right now? That I that I love? Oh, it's all- yeah, now, like, you're going to stop and sit down and watch him. Like, you can't wait yeah, to watch that it, guy play. Gonna sound, and I don't want to be this guy. I really – like, I'm gonna, you want me to be honest with you or you want me to pre- preserve? No, I want own. you to be honest. That's what we do around okay. here. Okay. So I was never like this. I was never like this. But the fact that LeBron is 36 and he's and the Lakers have played 13 games and he's played 13 games and the fact that they, he went all the way to the finals last year, which I kind of wrote him off, thinking like, oh man, he, he's kind of like he's old. I don't kind of I want to say he was washed. I didn't think he was washed, but I'm really enjoying watching him play, almost to the sense of thinking, man, like well, I thought last year was incredible what he was able to do at his age. I'm blown away by what he's doing this year after the shortened off season. And I've never been, I, I loved his game, obviously, for many reasons, his IQ level or whatever. So what he's able to do this year has been amazing. I think Kevin Durant falls into the same category. You're talking about a guy coming off an Achilles. And I think those two guys are probably the best two players in the league right now. So I love watching them. Those guys, I've, I've been hot and cold on Ben Simmons. Sometimes I love him. Sometimes I hate him. And um, I, I loved him early, you know, in, in his career. I don't care about the jump shot. I just love the way that he gets out in transition. You know, those guys. Trey Young's fun to watch. Doesn't defend. Um, Julius Randle was another one this year that I've, I've really enjoyed watching. I didn't think he could pass, but he does. What I, I guess, I guess, in a way, 
I root to be wrong. I root to think of something, and then these guys go out there and they prove my my own thoughts wrong. And when they do that, I think it's really awesome to see. You know, and I thought Julius Randle would never be a playmaker, and now he's dropping triple doubles. That's cool. And uh, I thought, you know, LeBron James was going to, you know, a couple years ago he was, like, just dismissing the regular season, and now he's, like, having fun out there. I think that's cool, too. So there's a lot of things that different players that I watch – I would throw Steph Curry in that category as well when he dropped that 60 on Portland. I thought I thought this year was going to be a really tough year for him, a, a year where you have to question whether he wants to be traded or not. And and uh, I've, I've been impressed with watching him play as well. So uh, there's there's a lot of different guys. I watch a lot of games. A lot of these guys, are, I, I, like I said, I root for when I think a guy is done and he comes back and he does better than I expected. That's kind of what is uh, really cool about the NBA. My main man, Brian Scalabrini, Celtics, Nets, Chicago Bulls, man of many gigs, man of many talents. Scal, it's always a pleasure, man. Keep up the good work, bro. Let's do this again soon, all right? Sounds good. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's good stuff there from Brian Scalabrini, one of our Radio.com insiders. That was our NBA insider, Insider Calls, presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real Proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. We get back to your calls. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. And some insight on what the Jets might be looking for out of their next head coach. Specialization? Be damned. I think that's a good thing. Hour 3 is coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 